Welcome to the Pass the Mic Podcast, where we're elevating the voices of powerful women to inspire the next generation. I'm Jocelyn Hudak, Director of B2B Content and Digital Marketing at SXM Media. Today's guest in the special edition of Pass the Mic is Marissa Nance, the CEO of Native Tongue Communications, which is a first-to-market minority and women-certified media agency. And they apply a lens of diversity to everything they do, from media, to marketing, to content solutions. What struck me the most in our conversation was not just her talent, and by the way, she's launched major shows and even helped write a little of Castaway, but her elegance and poise and how she's handled herself through her most challenging moments. All right, let's get to it. Here's Marissa Nance. Well, thank you so much for being here today at our Pass the Mic Lounge at the Female Quotient CES. Aw, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is the fun times. Yeah. We get to kiki. <laughs> I told someone it's Real Housewives of CES. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I wish it was that energy. I, what are we like akin to Atlanta? Are we Beverly Hills? Are we New York? We've got to decide. We're traveling. Okay, all right, right now. It would, I always thought it would be fun to do like a conference, like something like that of like, you know, the... The Housewives of CES or the, and just like bring it on the road. Advertising week, like all of our That would can. be hilarious. And <laughs> trust me, probably more a scandalo than even the Housewives. <laughs> People sleep on the advertising industry. These folks are crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, know, right? Wouldn't it be fun to like send up. people like they undercover like, Come on now. Come to the on parties now. Come and on stuff? Now. And then Wait until like, tonight. Cocktail hour. You'll oh. see. You'll <laughs> see. Oh, I know. Or like things you see at CES, you know, like Ooh, something they, like. They, now you've got it. That's mm-hmm. Gotta be your last little podcast. Things you see at CES, and yeah. I think you all should just. Like, I don't know riff. if the business would back that, but maybe they would. It would. All of us would listen. Like, not that mine is. Those be, are the things people want to like. Every time I'm at these conferences, I'm like, you know, how many advertising panels can you listen to? But that's but the things you see. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you for having. Of me. Of course. Well, just to get started, just in- introduce yourself. Your Hi, name. my name is Marissa Nance. I'm the CEO and founder of Native Tongue Communications. Native Tongue. Communications is the first and only minority certified and female certified media agency to exist. Wow, that is amazing. Tell me a little bit about how it got started. Well, I'll tell you, it's interesting. I spent 30 years working for a fairly major holding company. And um, at a certain point, that leadership came to me and they said, We think you should have your own agency. And I said, you all aren't bright because I've been here 30 years. What about that makes you think entrepreneur? Like that doesn't make any sense. And they said, you know what you are, Marissa? You're an entrepreneur. You have generated more original and innovative revenue streams for this company than just about anyone. And why couldn't you do that under your own shingle? And, you know, we could partner on some things. And, of course, look, no one's completely altruistic, right? So Mm -hmm. um, in doing that, there aren't any uh, major holding companies that would be certified as minority or Mm female-led. So they would also be opening up yet another revenue stream because I would have access to budgets and clients and dollars they would never have access Mm -hmm. to. So it was meant to be a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's amazing that they came to you to do that because I feel like at a lot of places— the multicultural like audiences business is is hard to like break through and really make you know I agree. Show with the you. power of that, I, I guess. I completely agree with you. But I and again, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. That was the conversation. Yeah. But 
there was certainly a level of financial gain Mm -hmm. when they looked at the growth in multicultural and the desire by clients to spend more and more with certified entities. Mm -hmm. And knowing there was no way they could get in that business, they wanted to get in early and they probably wanted to get in with someone that they felt akin to and comfortable with. And after 30 years, I was almost that person. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit of a rabble rouser, so they probably weren't completely comfortable, but Mm -hmm. yes. So how long ago was that? When did that start? Uh, Native Tongue Communications launched January 1st, 2019. Okay. So a couple years now. It's been a couple years. We went through 2019. And and I got to tell you, as a woman of a certain age, it was an interesting year. Mm -hmm. I I was not uh, necessarily an entrepreneur. I had an entrepreneur mindset. But I dug in. I think as a woman, I think as a woman of color, we have a natural and innate entrepreneurial sense Mm -hmm. at our core because we're always figuring out ways to get ahead if not for ourselves, for our families, for the people around us, for our communities. And that's the core in life of a yeah. lot mm-hmm. of what entrepreneurialism is. So uh, we got through 2019 and I remember looking at my husband New Year's and saying, look at me, I'm an entrepreneur. There's money in the bank. 2020 is going to just be amazing. Bomp, 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 you know. And so we had 2020, 2021, and now, my goodness, 2022 – but we're still there. And, and I woke mm-hmm. up three days ago and looked at him and said, oh, yeah, there's still a little money in the bank. So yeah. we're going to be, you know, we're going to keep going and doing the best we can and servicing the communities that we've committed to servicing as allies and apostles um, mm-hmm. and, and keep it going. Yeah, that must have been a super scary time. Cause Very. Media dollars. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. It's, it was difficult, but I, I challenge people to think of it this way. I don't know if you could say half glass, glass half full or glass half empty or lemonade, but that pandemic was a once-in-a-lifetime global event. Mm-hmm. And there are very few places on the planet you will be able to travel and never have a conversation topic you can start. Because you you have something in common with just about everyone now, mm-hmm. no matter where you go. And so that that's unheard of you know it's really in our lifetime or in several lifetimes so as terrible as it was it it certainly I hope brought a sense of that unity to this planet and to our people and as us these badass women as a community (laughs) yeah um I you mentioned that when they first came to you with the opportunity to start Native Tongue you your first instinct was no I'm not an entrepreneur so what kind of got you to the yes it was a once in a lifetime Yep. I was smart enough to recognize that. I'll be fully transparent and say, I don't know what the alternative would have been. Many times someone gives you an opportunity and you might want to think, oh, I'm brave enough to say no, but you've got to think on what's on the other side of no. The same way I encourage people to think on what's on the other side of yes, you've got to think of what's on the other side of no. And when I thought it through, I wondered, as successful and great and wonderful as I was, a woman of a certain age at this agency, what was my tomorrow like if I'd said no? So it, it almost was like, what do they say in the movies, an offer I couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and at this point, I'm glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. And in the media industry, especially as a woman of color, I'm sure you face some obstacles, hurdles, adversity. So tell me or talk to me a little bit about that and maybe a situation that you've turned into a positive. I was talking to somebody this very same story earlier today. And and so I hope it's okay to repeat it because I think it it hits home what you're talking about. So in in media, I, I run a media agency and I've always been in the media group at an ad agency. 
And uh, when I was at the holding company, I remember I had just been made a VP. I was still living in New York. So proud of myself, puffing and walking around. And I was closing one of my first big deals. And I was dealing with a group out of Chicago. And this, I am of a certain age, so this predates Zoom. There was no Zoom. There was no Facebook. You know, if you spoke to someone on the phone, you had a conversation on the phone or you met them in person. That's pretty much what it was. And so I had had many conversations with them on the phone, but we had never met and I had no idea what they looked like and they certainly had no idea what I looked like. So it came time for them to come to New York and close the deal, and I was so proud, and they were going to pitch to me, and I was going to tell them, yes, you're going to get this great budget. It was wonderful. So they got there. They were put in the conference room, and I walked in, and I was just on such a high, and one of them turned to me and said, oh, we're so happy to see you. I'd love some coffee. How about you? I'd love some water. How about you? Pop, Pepsi? Yes. Thank you so much. And I, okay, how about you? Do you need anything? Are you good? Everybody good? Okay, give me a minute. And I walked out. I got everything they wanted. I brought it back. And I handed it to everyone. They were pleasant enough. And then there was a moment in a beat where I paused. And I think the pause is what's really important and what I want everyone to walk away with, that pause. Because in that moment, I had a choice to get a little Cleveland. (laughs) Or rise above it. You know, and what does our forever flotist say? When they go low, we go high. And I I was very most proud, not of that deal that I didn't give him the money, but not of that deal necessarily, but of the fact that I rose above it. I gave them their coffee, their water, their tea. And then I walked to the head of the table and I sat down and I said, and I too am really happy to finally get to meet you. I'm Marissa. And if I I, I don't even need a camera, I don't even need to close my eyes to this day. I can see all their faces and their jaws drop and them, you know, the brains and the wheels going, realizing what they had done based on assumptions. So, you know, take that pause and in that moment, determine again, what's on the other side, what's on the other side of that action and how are you going to react and how is that, excuse me, going to benefit you in the end? The poise you had in that moment. I, you know, I, don't, I, 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 I give myself a lot of poise at that age, but I, I look back and it's a proud moment of mine because yeah. I did. I think I, I handled it well. I can't say many people would do the same. I'm so proud of young that's, Marissa, yes. That's that a great a story. Too. Also, I'm from Cleveland. So. You're from Cleveland, girl! I'm from Youngstown. Girl! Yeah. I'm from Shaker Heights, Cleveland Heights. That's right. I went to John Carroll. Oh. <laughs> That's why I liked her. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Also, and that's the niece over there. Oh, also from she the great. Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Youngstown, right outside of Cleveland. All so. right. Mm. All right. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Go Browns. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, they're picking up. Yeah. Cavs, um, Browns, you know, all mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, so tell me a little bit now about one of... I mean, that sounds like a defining moment in your career, or, and you've sounds like you've had a lot. But tell me, in your mind, like, is there another moment that sticks out as like a turning point or a defining moment? Um, I, what I would say is there have been there was a there have been a series of successes, mm-hmm. and there was a point when someone said to me you do realize 
that there are probably four people on the planet who do what you do better than you. That's impressive. And I said, well, no, no, I didn't. But now that you've said it like that, I'm going to tell everyone that for the rest of my life because there's truth to it. Um, there are maybe four to five people. My, my background before I launched this agency and became a CEO, I ran branded entertainment uh, at, 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 the, at the ad agency, at the media company. So I helped launch shows like Survivor and Top Chef and The Biggest Loser. Uh, for our FedEx client, I, I helped write a film called Castaway, which is probably before a lot of us, but there was a little FedEx in that movie and mm -hmm. I helped write that. These are incredible successes that I never really talked about and I didn't crow about. And as I became an entrepreneur and I was on, you know, on my own and, and was looking to achieve successes on behalf of not only myself, but my team, someone who I respect said, you, you have to think in that way because you don't have the holding company anymore. They're not there to bet. You are the holding company. And you're not only holding yourself up, but you're holding up those around you. So in doing that, don't just, you know, fade to the back. Hold up that sign. Crow. Be loud and proud about what you can do. So there are not a lot of people in the industry and branded entertainment who do what I do better than I do. And it's those series of successes. It's being at Cannes and being a judge. It's writing now the defining book in branded entertainment that they use in universities. It's doing all of those, helping launch all those iconic shows. Those all add up to the moment when I accepted and opened my arms to the fact that, oh, I am a badass. How about that? Mm -hmm. Two things. Do you think we don't know Castaway? I, well, <laughs> you know, not a lot of, you know, some folks what? say, That's like I the biggest know. movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and two, I feel like that is such a powerful thing to just admit. Like, I am the best at what I do. I feel like, in, maybe it's not just a woman thing, but I do this a lot too, where it's like imposter syndrome, where I'm just like, oh, I've never done this before. Like, there's better, you know, there's a lot of like, negative talk and so like self-talk you know and not a lot of positive sometimes so I think like making that switch in your mind can be so powerful like you said and just like open up and you're like no I am actually so good at what I do I'm the best at this and I think and it that was a, it was a little bit of a click for me as mm -hmm. well it was kind of like hmm. <laughs> um yeah that is really powerful and I think something I, I have to remind myself a lot. Yeah. And, no, I think I, and I think we all do. And it's a universal thing. It's it's not limited to age. It's not limited to gender, really. It's not limited to ethnicity. But when you stack those things up mm -hmm. and you look at them as a collective and combined, that's when you really start to have to push the needle a mm -hmm. little further, right? Yeah. That's when pushing that boulder up the hill gets a little harder. Yeah. And that's when we would encourage each other to say, don't forget it. Yeah. It's don't a skill it. that you have to develop. Like right. just like practicing interviewing where you'd put all your stuff together and build your resume, you know, it's a skill for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a, it's, I talk a lot about narratives, being a creative and a content creator. I talk a lot about narratives. So when I think about it, people say, what's advice you would give to someone or a younger sense of yourself or people coming in the industry? I tell every single person, the narrative is what's most important, whether it's a text, an email, uh, a PowerPoint presentation, whether you're writing a content, a book, the narrative, everything you do in life has a beginning, middle, and end. 
once upon a time, then this happened, and they lived happily ever after. You control that narrative, and especially when it comes to the spoken word or the written word, and again, as short as a text, as long as a book you might write. So as you go through life, begin to think about the narrative that you're sharing with someone, because that's the impression you're making. What is the narrative? What do you want them to walk away with? What do you want them to do when you leave the room? You can control that. It's not witchcraft, maybe a little bit, but it really is, it's that narrative, that beginning, middle, and end, as you begin to stack that up and you think about it and how you want to approach life and how you want to approach that text, that conversation, uh, that email, I promise you, as you firm that and tighten that and you really think about it as you move forward, you will see a change and you'll see the positive reaction you want. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day. Um. <laughs> I need a cocktail. Don't do that. <laughs> Unless you bring in cocktails, yeah. then I have to sit here all day. If yeah. some wine, then I'm happy. Yeah, we missed that. Bring them in. I wish, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you just kind of wrapped up on it. Is there any other piece of advice? Um Obviously, you just touched on controlling the narrative, but anything else you want to leave the people with? I I think I would say let's remember, as I said, we've all gone through something. There's a sense of unity, and in that unity, there should be a sense of kindness. Um, But don't let someone mistake your kindness for weakness ever. Uh, Don't let that slide into stupidity. Be strong. uh, Be focused. Be an ally, be an apostle, be something. Don't be nothing. Be something. So I think that's a big, big point that I would leave with. Be something to someone, especially yourself. Wow. I love that. Thank you. I feel so inspired. (laughs) And you're our last interview of the day. So I'm I'm going to go make something of myself. (laughs) Well, thank you. It was such a pleasure. It was great. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to hear this. I'm Jocelyn Hudak, and this has been the Paslamic Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we continue to unite women through audio and let their voices shine. <laughs>